It's too late with Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by the number one producer in late night. It is Blake Osborne. Blake. Wow. Really? Wow. Feeling energetic today. Red stuff. Look. What? Wait. What? Uh, what are you? Uh, are you? Are you giving yourself some sort of exam live on the air? No, no, no. Have you ever had like bottled water with like powdered stuff you put in it? Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, good yeah. stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that stuff. It's like zero calories. That's all I drink. It's so good. Uh, okay. Yeah. But it's a crystal light. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, don't no. It's it's generic powder stuff because they we don't say crystal light unless they give us money. Well, we're trying to get money. So. Okay. Well, if crystal light is listening, if know. crystal light is listening to this alternative media program, <laughs> then then there you are. Yeah, Blake really yeah, likes your up. product, you guys. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there you go. Blake. Yes. I I, te- I know that technically, as we're recording this, it's September second, but yes. yesterday was September first. It was. You know what this is. Uh, we're getting closer to fall. Well, it is, but yeah, I, I, well, actually I know that why you don't yeah. know what this is because okay. you don't watch the show. I don't watch the show. This is the three year anniversary of the show. That's right. We did the We've first been doing episode. This for three freaking years, man. We did the first <laughs> episode of the gold standard with that big round table and Ew. with your, with your big fat rig just sitting right there and you were right here and I was right hey, there. I resemble that remark. Yeah. Yeah. We, that was three years ago three yesterday. Years ago. How Good about that? Lord. Yeah. So so happy birthday, It's Too yeah, Late, yeah. with Alan like Mosley. Yeah. It's actually, I didn't realize this until we were doing, yesterday we did an episode of Sports Ball, me and, yeah. me and Mike Meharry, and we started Sports Ball on September 1st the following year. Sweet. That That's really cool, but yeah. I didn't plan it that way. I, it just I, happens. I, I, didn't, I didn't even remember that was the case. So it's the two-year anniversary uh-huh. of Sports Ball and the three-year anniversary of It's Too Late. Right. Serendipity. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're almost to episode 100 of Postcards from Somalia. I don't Swap. remember exactly wow. what the date was of the anniversary. When do you sleep? When do I sleep? Yeah, you like make shows like. Do, do you see the bags under my eyes? <laughs> you, that that tells you the answer of when I sleep, which is yeah, never. No but yeah. we're almost to episode 100 of Postcards. Good. That's a lot of congratulations. Thank you. That's a, that's a lot of a lot of content. So yeah, you're putting up with Sherry that long. That's impressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually going to I'm actually going to see them this weekend. Oh, cool. I'm going to be going going out to their side of Somalia. There you go. And yep. and visiting them. <laughs> well, I'll tell you some other news that I have forgotten to mention for like a month now okay, on the show. What's that? We set the date for next year's live event. That's right. We sure did. So for folks that missed it and yep. and how how could you really? Could you? I mean, what what kind of? Imagine not being at episode one hundred. <laughs> you're not a you're just not a real libertarian. You have to come to the show. We had episode one hundred live right. here right. and at the studio uh-huh. in front of a studio audience. Yep. Uh, and that was March fourteenth of this year. Yep. It was it was right before the Rona. Right before. Yeah. Right. So some people who were supposed to be here and you know who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Said they were going to come and then didn't because they were scared of the Rona. That's that's okay. I'm I'm joking. I I don't I don't blame them. But we had so much fun with the people that were here, and we decided if if everyone really enjoyed it, and everyone wants to you know have that chance to have that camaraderie and uh-huh. and and all that good that's stuff, right. then we would make it an annual thing. Yeah. So we decided on March twentieth, March twentieth, twenty twenty one. That's right. So next year, March twentieth, is next year's live event here that's at right. the studio. We'll have live entertainment. Yep. 
live music, puppet shows, yeah, you, puppet shows, skydiving, you, you name it, skydiving. Right. Yep. Um, uh, a, I've had a lot of people asking if there's going to be a petting zoo. Right, well, we're working on it. So there's going to be a there's going to be some sort of goat performance. <laughs> I'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> yes, um, I can't I can't stress this enough though. These are not eating goats. No, they're 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 looking goats. Looking at goats. They're they're pet goats. They're petting goats, they're not eating goats. goats. You don't. There's not going to be a taste testing of the goats, nope. but nope. there but there may be a a petting goat. Yes. So there pet, you go. Petable. Pet yeah. Able. Yeah. yeah. And and frankly, to be honest with you, I I've, I've seen some of your goats. I don't think you could make a lot of burgers out of those goats. Yeah, like no. like Coco the bonus goat. Like that's like a Snickers. She's she's a Nigerian though, you know. That the whoa, you're going to get us you're going to get us in trouble. Um <laughs> Nigerian goat what? So anyway, you you know how I like to do. We we start the show. Uh-huh. I see the clock counting yep. down right, right there. there. Uh-huh. I, Five minutes, I'm, 30 seconds. There you go. I'm keeping a mental note of around eight, ten minutes. We got to cut for commercial. Okay. And then the closer that time gets, the more I just waste time. Yeah. That, so I'm going to waste some time. Waste some time. I learned something yesterday. What did you learn? This is what I learned. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Hook? You know, the Peter Pan movie oh, yeah. with Robin like Williams? Dustin Hoffman, old yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dustin yeah, Hoffman yeah. was Hook and all that stuff. Yeah. I learned something about that movie of some famous people who were in Hook that uh-huh. I didn't remember being in the movie. Oh, really? So there's a couple that are not super surprising if you saw the character, but one that would blow your mind. Okay. So remember how they do the flashbacks of when Peter Pan is young, like the actual young Peter Pan, and yeah. he meets Wendy? But of course, yep. in the movie, Peter has grown up and Wendy's an old right. woman now. Exactly. The young Wendy was played by Gwyneth Paltrow. So how about that? And if you go back and watch the movie, you won't be surprised. She looks like herself. Okay. I guess that wasn't memorable in the movies. (laughs) It's probably (laughs) because Gwyneth Paltrow is not memorable, quite frankly. But the police inspector who comes to talk to the parents when the kids are kidnapped by Hook and they're, so they don't know where the kids are. Okay. The police that come to talk to them, the chief inspector Uh is Phil Collins. Okay, I would have noticed that. I've you would have. I think you would have noticed that, but it's like it's it's so see, fast. Yeah, but cameos are so wonderful. You know? Yeah, I mean, I would have just taken that at just carte blanche right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now here's the big one. Uh-oh. Do you remember the scene in the movie of the Boo Box, where one of the pirates makes a mistake, so Hook has him thrown into the Boo Box, where they throw him into a chest and lock him in there, and then they okay. drop scorpions in there. Okay, okay. And so, you know, he's like, the Boo Box, and everyone's uh-huh. laughing and cheering, uh-huh. and, he's, and, the, and the pirates say, no, no, and they're throwing okay. him in the Boo okay. Box. The pirate uh-huh. who they throw in the Boo Box yeah. is Glenn Close. Like, it's, like the woman? Yes. It's <laughs> Glenn Close in drag, dressed up as a hairy as a, pirate. As a dude. Yes. Oh man, that's awesome. So now everybody so now at home, go back and watch the movie. you're gonna go back and pull up Hook, and you're yeah. gonna go, you're gonna fast forward to the Boo Box scene. Yeah. But that and was Robin Williams, of course, playing Captain Hook, right? Well, no, 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 no well, Peter Pan, Pan, wasn't he? In that scene, yeah. he's dressed up as a pirate so yeah. that he doesn't get caught. Right. So, but you can tell it's yeah. Robin, like, it, like it, he has a bandana over yeah. his eye and a big hat it's, on. It's still one of the great Robin Williams. Yeah. Movies, but know. next to him is the person that Captain Hook goes after. Yeah. Cuz cuz Peter is afraid it's him 
but it's not him. It's the guy next to him. But the That's guy right. next to him is Glenn Close. I just remember that being a really good movie. When the I reason I brought that up is yeah. is that we are actually working on a project right now okay. that we're not going to announce yet because it's way, way early. But we're working on a, a kind of long-form film. Okay. And we were talk, we were laughing, saying, I can't wait for us to be so rich that we can hire Glenn Close to dress in drag in one scene, not be in the credits, uh-huh. get killed off, and that's all we use her for. Well, that shouldn't be a problem. I mean, the way her career is gone, and she'd be able to get her cheap. The way her career is gone? She's like one of the highest paid actresses in Hollywood all Glenn time. Glenn Close at this yes. point in history? That was like 25 years ago. Have you not seen like The Devil Wears Prada? And... That was like 15 years ago. Would you shut up? <laughs> no, she's one of the highest paid actresses lifetime. Okay, in lifetime. Hollywood. I'll give you that, but so, no, not so much. So you ain't getting Glenn Close to be in our documentary for less than like $50 million. I hate to tell you that. But, but, but imagine being so wealthy that you just had that much money to throw away that yeah, you yeah, and I would just say, hey, let's get Glenn Close to dress up as a pirate. Just for one scene, and then she can okay. go. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah. These. I hope that our our Patreon fans and stuff at home who actually do you support the show that. financially don't think that that's what we do with their money. <laughs> but that is what we would do with your money if, if we were like billionaires. And if we had enough. Yes. If we had hundreds of millions of dollars, then yeah, I probably would do that. Yeah, but it all for their benefit anyway. So just keep donating. I'm stimulating yeah. the economy. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So now that I've wasted like half of the monologue, really mo- basically all yeah, the monologue, yeah. Yeah. there's a couple of things I did want to show before we go okay, to the first sure. break. So t- take a look at this. So this was, this was an article that was in Fox, and we're not, I'm not going to read through the whole article, but it's Pelosi used shuttered San Francisco hair salon for blowout. Owner calls it slap in the face. So that second picture there is the actual picture of her. You can see, you can the, see Pelosi. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, a handsome lady, no doubt. Slip. So the beautiful thing, the reason I bring this up is... This is in San Francisco, yeah, which is where Pelosi's district is. Right. And, and they're shut down. They're hardcore lockdowns in California. We all know that. Yeah. You know, if, if we were in California, we wouldn't be open. No. And so this salon is forced to be closed to the public. They're, okay. making, they're, they're, they're losing money. They're going bankrupt. But Nancy Pelosi's assistant calls one of the hairdressers and says, we're making an appointment. And it actually says in the article that the owner of the salon, because in typical salon, she rents the booths to the hairdressers. Right. You know, she really felt compelled to allow this because uh-huh. they pay her rent right. and they need to make money. She said, well, who am I to say she can't make this money? Exactly. So she, so she opened her doors for it. But she says it was really a slap in the face because, because we've been shut down for so long. Uh-huh. But, of course, that only applies to us and our customers. Sure. That doesn't apply to Nancy Pelosi. Right. And if you think that this is just a one-off, go ahead and take a look at this next picture right here. There's an older fellow walking his dog. Looks like a happy-go-lucky, not a care in the world. That's Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. So... The question is, what about the lady standing there beside him? It's like, what the well, the lady standing there beside him is wearing her mask thinking, don't make eye contact or you'll you'll be thrown straight to jail. Off, Off with you. So again... First of all, no mask. Right. I mean, he's, I mean, this is a guy, yeah. like, when I say not a care in the world, I, I really mean it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's an easy job running the state of New York when everyone has to do what you say and you suffer no consequences for your actions. Yeah. So, I, I wanted to show that because we should be mocking them. We should yes. be mocking them for them, ha- for the attitude of, you know, rules for thee and not for me. Right. But, 
I also want to I also want to kind of counterbalance that with I don't want to do too much of this. Uh, okay. A good friend of mine, uh, I, I believe it was actually Sherry, that was talking about that she's just kind of unplugged recently because uh-huh. she's just tired of of what you'd call outrage porn. Right. It's it's I'm outraged. Look at what these people are doing. Right. And and and, and like the hypocrisy things too. Like yeah. oh look at this politician. They're a hypocrite. Well yeah, yeah. of course they are. <laughs> But I'm, I guess I'm just saying I'm so tired of like pointing it out or talking about it or reporting on it because we already knew. Like before I showed you that picture of Andrew Cuomo, you know that Andrew Cuomo thinks he's a higher life form than you are. Sure. And he thinks the rules – he's he's doing what he's doing and, and you should have to listen because it's in your best interest but the rules don't apply to him. Exactly. Nancy Pelosi obviously – she thinks she's a higher life form than you or me. I know that. You know yeah. that. I didn't need that picture to tell me that because right. I already knew it. Right. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is that maybe in the future when we show things like this, it'll really only be to make fun of them and to mock them. Yeah. Because that's what they deserve. That's, yeah, yeah. They deserve yeah, to be sure. made fun of and mocked. And then they deserve to be ignored and you just live your life and exactly. ignore their their rules and regulations because yep. you, you give them no power. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to keep doing it to say, you know, harumph, harumph, G- get mad with me, you guys. Look at these people and how they act. Er. Because I know. Yeah. And it's not going to change. Nope. Same old, same old. Same old, same old. Yep. So I think next week, if we have anything like that, it'll it'll just be to like a launching pad for us to have jokes. Exactly. Not to get mad. I'm tired of getting mad. Jokes are fun. Getting mad sucks. Being mad, being mad sucks. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people are too. Like a lot of the people that are just generally apathetic, they're apathetic because they they know that at the end of the day they really have no say in matters. Right. And and just having your stomach in knots over things you just isn't worth it. It just wears you out. Yeah, you just get yeah. tired. Yeah, it's getting tired. <sighs> I'm tired of this monologue. That's already that's now five <laughs> to six minutes over. Lord. Yeah. Wow. So I guess we better take a commercial break. Yes, sir. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. So there's a an image from, and this is not photoshopped, by the way. Okay. There was an image from CNN that that was circulating everywhere the last several days. Go, go ahead and pull up that image. That fiery but mostly peaceful protests after police shooting. Yeah. Now, of course, you can see the background. This is from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Right. Uh, everything going on after the police shooting there, followed by the whole Kyle Rittenhouse self-defense thing yeah. and just... Like anyone can look, first of all, you can look at that picture and clearly see this is not a mostly peaceful situation. Right. And two, how can something be mostly peaceful and be on fire? <laughs> it just It's just ridiculous on its face. A <laughs> good point. It, 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 it really is. And so, and, and the reason why I wanted to bring that up, by the way, because yeah. I'm trying not to do the outrage point. Okay. I'm trying sure, to police sure. myself here. Good job. We don't want to have police, so we yeah. got to police ourselves. Right. Is that... A lot of people don't like Donald Trump. I don't like Donald Trump. Right. I don't like any president. Whoever your favorite politician is, I don't like, I don't like him. him. 
But I think some of the people that really hate Trump mm-hmm. hate him even more when he says or does something that deep down in their heart of hearts, they know he has a point. Right. Like, even if it's just a broken clock is right twice a day situation. Yeah. Like, if Trump says the sky is blue, uh-huh. they'll hate that the sky is blue <laughs> because they really want him to be wrong. Right. Because it's so much easier to f- let that hatred flow right. when he's saying and doing stupid things. Exactly. By the way, he says and does tons of stupid things. Right, so you should right, yeah. have no lack of ammunition. Of course. The problem is, is that a lot of the things that we think he says and does that are stupid, they agree with because <laughs> the duopoly and all that. Exactly. But the reason I bring that up is, is that they really hate when he attacks the media. Yeah. They really hate when he goes after journalists and when he says oh. fake news. Right. The fact that this whole hashtag face, fake news thing became so culturally prevalent, they hate that. Yeah. Because by and large, the media are really on their side. Right. And so when he attacks the media, he's attacking, you know, one of us. And so they hate him for it. Yeah. But then you see a headline like that. <laughs> you see a headline that like that from CNN yeah. and you just shake your head and say, well... But it is fake news. Yeah. But it is. It is. I hate the man, but it is fake news. Yep. And so while I can I can still hate him, but I can also say, but why are you making heroes out of your journalists? They're all a bunch of corporate media specifically. They're yeah. a bunch of frauds. Yeah. So maybe don't get in bed with frauds and then feel the need to defend them against exactly. this horrible president. Right. So with that image in mind. Yes, sir. Hey, Blake. Yes. What time is it? It's time for... Yeah. Wow. Fiery but mostly peaceful end to Waco Siege. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I, oh, did you ever watch that? Did you ever watch the, the Waco miniseries on Netflix? Dude, I watched it unfold live on the news. Well, I know, but did you watch the series no. on Netflix that they made about Waco? I, I did not. Okay. You should, I, I recommend to everybody at home, you should definitely watch it. Fire. I think as, as far as a mainstream piece of media content goes, yeah. it's about as fair and even keel as you're going to get. There's still, there's still some issues with it. They're, they're still ultimately going to paint at least some of the authorities yeah. as quote unquote good guys, or uh-huh. at least with good intentions. But they do paint a great amount of the authorities as not good guys with good yeah. intentions. Gotcha. And they do paint a number of the Branch Davidians as sympathetic. So that's about as good as you're going to get, yeah. as, is what I'm right. saying. So you definitely should watch that series. We should okay. like do a review of that or we something at some out. point. Yeah. But anyway... <clears throat> We don't have as much viewer mail this week. Really? You want to know why we don't have as much viewer mail this week? Because we made a post on our page Uh for viewer mail. Okay. And at, we actually made two posts. Okay. At the time that we made a second post because the first post got throttled. Okay. At the time of this announcement, the second post has only reached 22 out of our roughly 3,000 followers. Uh, On on Facebook. On Facebook. On Facebook. Facebook. And the original post, I'll go ahead and read that for you. Okay. Uh, the original post only reached 128 out of our roughly 3,000 followers. Okay. Guys, I cannot stress this to you enough. We we love it that you follow us. We love that you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, yep. Parler, mm-hmm. YouTube, where yep. our content is, all that good stuff. Yeah. But you got you to gotta make sure you click the like and the follow buttons. Uh-huh. And you got to make sure to go over. I should have pulled this up so everyone could see this. Yeah. But you got to go over to that follow button and you right. got to click C first. 
You got to click see first so that Facebook prioritizes our content in your feed as opposed to it just being a part of the feed. Somewhere down there. Facebook's absolutely retarded algorithms are is that even if you like our show, uh-huh. And even if you follow our show, right. you have made the conscious decision of, yeah, I want to keep up with that program. If we make a post and our thousands of viewers don't get to see it, it will only go to just 5, 10, yeah. 20, 30 right. of our followers. Right. And if those first handful of people who happen to get it in their news feed don't click on it, don't react to it, don't uh-huh. like it, don't leave a comment, then the post just stops right there. It doesn't continue going to the yep. next 100, 500,000, 2,000, 3,000 people or more. I mean, we're trying to grow. We're not, yeah. we're not, we're not happy with that audience. We, no. we've been doing this for three years. Yeah. We we've had episodes that had 30, 40,000 views. I know. We want that every week. Right. We don't get it every week. Right. Because, and, and I'm trying not to badger people and say, hey, hey, you. You should like and comment every single thing we we ever put out. I'm not saying, I, like, look, I don't spend that much time on social media. Yeah. I'm not expecting people to do that. But for our posts to get any traction, you either have to do that or you got to click that little button under following that says yeah. see first. Right. Less, basically, a handful of percent of our whole audience actually saw our viewer mail post this week. Jeez. So because of that, we only have like four or five viewer mail posts. Okay. It's probably a good thing because yeah. we're running way over time and in <laughs> weeks past we had like 20 or 30 questions. Yeah. So with that said, we're going to do the viewer mail. Here we go. It's so epic. I know. Hot dog sandwiches. Ketchup smoothies. Viewer mail. I something. So the first one comes from Celeste Anderson Rice. Dear Alan and Blake, what yeah. is your favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving? What's your favorite Thanksgiving food, Blake? Apple pie. Apple pie. I love the apple pie. Pies, any of the pies, except pumpkin pie and, and pie that has like pecans in it. I think I Celeste like is like an expert baker, so you're speaking her language right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really love dressing. Oh, yeah. Like, like dressing is one of those things that like no one ever makes it for a regular dinner throughout no. the year because it, it takes more like effort in preparation yeah. but man dressing at thanksgiving see you know what you got to do though what do i gotta do you gotta get you, you know heinz makes that uh that that ready to go chicken and turkey gravy real good stuff nice it, it comes little glass jars and mm-hmm. just get yourself some stovetop man it takes like five seconds to whip up some stovetop slap some of that stuff all over it eat it. it's thanksgiving every day get yourself a can of that like hormel chicken you know what i mean slap that in there and mix it in it's good stuff I learned how to eat on a cheap COVID thing. You're a communist. Moving on to Jonathan Carranza, who writes, Dear Alan and Blake, who was a better avatar, Cora or Ong or Aang? Aang. Aang? Mm, um, I'll take this one. Okay, yeah, I don't, I've never watched it, so Blake, go ahead. Kiyoshi. That wasn't one of the options. Doesn't matter. If you've watched the series, Kiyoshi was amazing. Okay, so But if apparently... I have to pick between avatars... Uh-huh. I'm going to go with Aang, dude. I'm a purist. Okay. The kid was bad A, man. So for the weebs out there who understand anything of what was yep. just said, I'm I'm a boomer, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I've i never watched The Last Airbender. Yep. I've never... Yeah. Like, like, I've watched some, some, like, anime. Okay, yeah. I've yeah. never watched The Last Airbender. So. Well, I mean, Avatar The Last Airbender is the closest you could get to an American anime that was as close to a Japanese anime that was really good. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, 
My answer is Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. Good choice. There you go. Yes. Uh, Sherry Voluntary writes, Dear Alan and Blake, when journaling, should you start with a consistent intro such as Dear Diary or Today on the 1st of September in the year of our Lord 2020, etc.? Um, so I don't really journal, but I feel like when you're journaling, you're, you're talking to yourself. Yeah. Like I know that people who do that are talking to the journal, like dear right. diary. If you say dear diary, you're talking to the diary. Exactly. I'm not a psychopath, so I don't yeah. talk to inanimate objects. Right. So I would just write. Yeah. Like you're talking to yourself, so you yeah. can just start writing words. Right. You don't have to address the book. Yeah. So that, that's my opinion on that. But well, like we got okay. So if you because if you did that for all things, yeah, then you would then like when you're going out shopping for groceries, you would you you would write, dear grocery list, <laughs> milk, <laughs> bread, <laughs> eggs. So no one does that. Yeah, no, no. So if you don't do that, then you don't address your diary. Yeah, who journals? Who I know it's current year. Yeah, just, just just watch porn and play Candy Crush on your phone. That's what people do. At the same time, I mean, if you're if you're good enough, uh, Lyle Durio writes, "Dear Alan and Blake, if you reached Mars before anyone else, what would you do with it?" What did he say? Say that again. If you reached Mars before the anyone planet. else, what would you do with it? What would I do with the planet Mars? <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, look for things that are valuable. I mean, I don't. Like, I don't think that if you get, like, you can do something with a planet. I'm going to do something with Mars. (laughs) I mean, like, if I got there first and that meant that I got to claim it, then, I mean, yeah, I would just claim I'm homesteading this entire planet. I will, I'll sell some acreage. There you go. That's what I would do. Planet anarchy. Um, So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, That's why they call it the red planet, because, you know, anarchy is just violence and terror. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew Avery. Oh, here we go. Dear Alan and Blake, if you Google how to start a bonfire, how many matches would you get? I'm not going to be I'm not going to be suckered into this. I'm going to give you the actual answer, which okay. is if you Google how to start a bonfire, you're probably going to get like 68 million matches because that's how Google works. That's a lot of matches. The real question is is but if you duck duck go how to start a bonfire, how many matches would you get? You probably would get like just five or ten relevant matches and them not steal your data and give it to the feds. Uh, and finally, Jeff Johnson writes, Dear Alan and Blake, does yeah. eating chips make you a vegan? If they're not cooked in animal fat, then yes. As long as it's like a vegetable-based chip. So vegan is the, ve- is the vegetarian who eats no animal byproducts, No animal right? byproducts okay. whatsoever. So if, if the chips are potato in vegetable oil, then you're good. What if they're like kale chips? The same. As long as it's not cooked in animal fat, you're fine. Have you ever had kale chips? They, yeah, they, they scarred the inside of my mouth permanently. Wow. That's some I wish you had Don't said you hadn't, because I would say that next week we should taste test kale chips on the show. Oh God, that stuff's nasty. We got to find something else to taste yeah. test on the show. Jeez, kale but, is but apparently, sorry for folks at home, it will not be any type of vegan. God, don't eat kale. <laughs> just don't eat it. Just God, just don't eat. Just it. die young of heart disease. There are better greens out there. It's just Jeez. well, I just just eat bacon. 
Well, yeah. That, what's the What's the Walter Williams quote? A quote of uh, if you If you die with clean lungs, then that just means you didn't smoke enough, and if you die with uh, open <laughs> arteries, that just means you didn't didn't eat enough yeah, or something like something, didn't drink enough, whatever. There you go. There you go. Anyway. Um, yeah, we're halfway through the show, but let's not like a quarter of the way through the content. No, that's good. How does this keep happening? Because you talk too much. It keeps happening because we don't have a producer that keeps <laughs> us on time, that has the little oh, clock that flashes. A, a the clock? What, what do you think? This is network TV? Come on, man. We're just Jeez. having fun here. We're trying. You know? We're trying to be clock? network TV. I'll give you a clock. We're closer to network TV than some neckbeard libertarian podcast. That's, right. that's for there sure. That's Guys, we're going to be right back after this. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at alan at funnybroke.com. How's it going? I love that song. You grooving? I love that song. Dude, it's like, I just want to like... Anyway, you know, I, I don't think a lot of our people know at home that when you're when you're not being the number one producer in late night, you run a music studio. So, you know, a thing or two about the groove. I kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a drummer, so I try to keep the groove a little bit. Yeah. We're going to have to do a musical performance at some point. Yeah, we have to. I mean, you're an awesome guitar player and a singer. So why aren't we doing something? I mean, what the heck? You can't just lie to people like that. Like no, you, like you how do you sleep at night? Stop it. <laughs> no, I don't know how do you sleep at night. Yeah, you do. Um, our first topic of our serious segments serious. for today is a piece of news that I tell you what I I combed through a lot of the I because I try I try to avoid corporate media I really do okay but I I combed through some of the corporate media feeds Twitter and Facebook and and, and mm-hmm. some of the twenty four hour news. Tell you what, I didn't see this story anywhere, and I can't believe it. This should be front page news everywhere. Go ahead and pull up that article. U.S. Marshals find 39 missing children in Georgia. There was a massive sting to shut down a child trafficking, sex trafficking operation. 39 kids. 39 missing children in Georgia. So I'm going to read a little bit of this. This is out of Atlanta. U.S. Marshal Service worked with local authorities to rescue 26 missing children to ensure the safe location and ensure the safe location of 13 others during a two-week operation in Georgia, according to news release Thursday. Authorities arrested nine people, many of whom had multiple arrest warrants for charges including sex trafficking, parental kidnapping, registered sex offender violations, drugs, and weapon possession. The message to missing children and their families is that we will never stop looking for you, said Director of the Marshal Service, Donald Washington. Now, I'm going to read a little bit more of the report here, but I just want to stop really quick. Um, like you've seen the movie Taken, right? Like yeah. where Liam Neeson goes like halfway across Europe, kicking everybody's yeah. ass to find his daughter who got kidnapped uh, or whatever. I have a unique set of skills. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We, yeah. I should have, I should have had you do your best impression of yeah. the little phone call where oh, he yeah. does the, I will find you. And I will, kill, I will you. kill you. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that in that movie, the bad guys are portrayed as like these like Middle Eastern or like Eastern European, just, just scum of the earth yeah. sex traffickers who are then auctioning off these young girls, these underage girls to like magnets in different parts of the right. world and all this. 
And the thing is, is that like that works, like it is a great movie, whatever. But the thing is, is that the portrayal of the bad guy are these, these, these people far away. Uh-huh. But this is not, this story is not from the Republic of Georgia no. halfway across the right. world. This is from the state of Georgia right here in the United States. Right. This is, this is activity that I dare say is prevalent right here on our own streets, right in our own neighborhoods, right down the road from us. You know, I'm old enough to remember if you went on social media and you talked about there being conspiracies and sex trafficking of children in the United States, Yeah. you know, hashtag Pizzagate, you were called a conspiracy nut job and you'd get banned from social media and all that. It ain't funny anymore, is it? No, uh uh-uh. The rescue children were considered to be, quote, some of the most at-risk and challenging recovery cases in the area based on indications of high-risk factors such as victimization of child sex trafficking, child exploitation, sexual abuse, physical abuse, and medical or mental health conditions. The youngest child was reportedly three years old. Good God. Many had gone for several weeks. Some of the children were missing for as long as two years before being rescued. When we track down fugitives, it's a good feeling to know that we're putting the bad guy behind bars. But that sense of accomplishment is nothing compared to finding a missing child, said Darby Kirby. What a name. Uh, Chief of the Missing Child Unit. It's hard to put into words what we feel when we rescue a missing child, but I can tell you that this operation has impacted every single one of us out here. We are working to protect them and get them the help they need. It's going to be a lot of help. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of help. need a lot of help. So the couple of takeaways that I have from this is one, like this is, it's, it's terrible that this is going on, Yeah, but it's great that this particular operation was put to an end and those children were rescued. You would think that this would be front page news everywhere. You think it'd be the biggest story in the country. Like why why isn't this everywhere? But, and and I saw some people commenting on, on Twitter that, you know, NPR had time to talk about Miley Cyrus finding herself and, you know, CNN's got time to talk about mostly peaceful protests, Yeah, but they didn't cover this. And I, and, and when you talk about the different competing special interests, I'm not really sure why they don't like, maybe there's something going on that they're kind of, and, 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 and ultimately another thing that I want to get at too, is that like, look, all cops are bastards. Yeah, there I said it. Everyone knows how I feel about the police. But this is a win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is a big win. Yeah. This is like it like isn't it amazing what the authorities can accomplish when they're not busting guys for dime bags and pulling people over for going 73 and a 70. Yep. Look, look what good can be done when you actually investigate violent and malicious crime right. and go after the perpetrators. Yep. Imagine freaking that. Oh yeah. So this is a big win. But they're not celebrating it, and I, and uh-uh. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll let, I'll let the viewer decide for themselves why that is or what that means. I think you're right. I think they should make a bigger deal out of this. You know, you one would think. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that actually leads us to our segue because you know me. I can't, I can't end on a high note for the authorities on this program, right? Because while it's great that this particular trafficking operation was shut down. We know that there's so much more injustice in the world, uh, both because they're prosecuting things they shouldn't and not prosecuting things they should. Um, so we're going to do a little update on our on, on a Brianna Taylor. 
Okay. So we've talked about Brianna Taylor on this program a number of times. Brianna Taylor's ex-boyfriend offered plea deal if he would claim Taylor was part of organized crime syndicate. Oh, come on. So, so go ahead and show them that second picture right here. So this is so the, the second image I have is actually a a, fo- a phone picture of. Uh, from from the family lawyer of the actual plea deal itself, and you can see Brianna Taylor's name listed in the document. So, of course, Brianna Taylor, being the young lady who was gunned down in her own home, uh, unarmed, um, from during a no knock raid by police in Louisville, yeah. Kentucky, uh, she was not suspected of anything. The police were not supposed to be there. Uh, the person they originally were, the warrant for their arrest was someone who was already in custody elsewhere, not even at the premises. It absolutely was a foul up top to bottom, which means they murdered her. That's right. Let's not sugar. Let's, let's not get like the, You really don't have to get into any more of the intricacies of the event. They murdered her and her killers walk free to this day. Now, we've talked about that at great length, but, but the update here is, is that authorities have been going after her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Now, her ex-boyfriend survived the initial encounter. He was the one who initially had returned fire, stopped when he realized it was police. Um, and there, they are alleging that he is a part of a drug conspiracy, this, this organized crime syndicate uh, drug traffickers, basically. They're, they're drug dealers. It's always drugs. And so, and so because he's a drug dealer, uh, listen, son. We'll get you off easy, but you got to name your girlfriend, Brianna Taylor, as a part of your operation. I can't tell you just how disgusting, That's like just how ugly and terrible it is that in their desperate attempt to justify uh-huh. their murdering her, they will try to paint her as someone who's pushing drugs. To make it look like she's worth being murdered. It's funny how you put that. Worth being murdered. Yeah. I don't think anyone's worth being no, murdered at no all. No one's worth being murdered. Because murder, murder is something else. Yeah. Self-defense is one thing. Right. If someone is trying to kill you and you kill them, that's self-defense and not murder. So they're not worth being murdered because that's not murder. Right. It's just the fact that they think that that somehow makes it better. Like, cause now, now we are not for the drug war. We're very much against the drug war here on this program, which means if they're dealing drugs, frankly, I could care less. Right. But no, whether they were or they weren't and whether Brianna Taylor was or wasn't a part of that organization is irrelevant exactly. because no one is worth being murdered. They murdered her. Right. First of all, Brianna Taylor almost certainly was not a part of some organized crime syndicate. That is so ridiculous. That's Hollywood. I I can't believe they would even word it that way. They are trying so hard to paint this young woman, this innocent woman, who was asleep in her own home, who was a nurse, who by all accounts was a good person. Uh, but, But again, all of those things only make our ire for the authorities that much worse. But even if the opposite were true, it doesn't in any way justify their actions. Even if Breonna Taylor was a horrible person who wouldn't take the trash out and said dirty words in front of their parents, even if she was someone who was in some way involved with drugs, even if the police had the right address, 
They are not judge, jury, and executioner. Right. They do not have the authority to just kick a door in and start shooting people. Right. That is murder. It is. No matter how you frame it, that's murder, and her killers walk free to this day. Right. But it's still worth mentioning that article that they would try to do this. So I, I do want to say really quickly before we go to the commercial break, uh, uh, Jamarcus Glover, who is the ex-boyfriend, he did turn down. He did turn it down. Good. He said no. So not only is he maintaining his innocence uh-huh. in the case all the way around, he said absolutely. Not, o- not only am I innocent, but I will not implicate Brianna Taylor in yeah. such activity. So good for him. Um, boy, you don't feel so good about that win no. earlier, do you? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It just goes to show you that you know, maybe in some ways we shouldn't collectivize the police because right. authorities can do things like stop child sex trafficking while also doing things like murdering Breonna Taylor and then trying to cover it up or justify it. There you go. Um, we do collectivize them because they have a monopoly on violence. They, have, uh-huh. they are the enforcement wing of the state, which we know to be inherently evil. That's why they are wrong, and that's why we say all cops are bastards. I'm still waiting for the good cops to bring those guys down. I'm still waiting yeah. for her Breonna Taylor's killers to be prosecuted. Right. I guess we'll keep on waiting, huh? Yeah. We're going to take another commercial break. We'll be right back. That's what we're talking about. So we're, we're going to end on a little bit lighter note. I just can't go a week without talking about the Rona. I just, I just, my Corona because it just stays in the news. Yes, sir. That's the problem. Yeah. So a lot of people have been just up in arms over the update to the CDC website. They, they did a little update to some of their charts. Uh, so this is, this is not conjecture. This is straight from the CDC. 94% of COVID-19 deaths had underlying medical conditions. You don't say. You don't say. You don't say. The Centers for Disease Control released information showing how many people who died from COVID-19 had comorbidities uh, or underlying conditions, as they are sometimes referred to by doctors. So this is the thing. Um, let's be careful talking about this. And, and I know that some of our friends like Jeff Johnson and, 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 and Gregory Carpenter have been talking about this. Um, all the guys over there with Suzanne over on the Wasatch report. Um, and I told them we're going to talk about this on the show today so they can, they can fact check me if I'm, if I'm wrong on this. Um, if you're, if you, if you're going by the CDC data of the 183, 185,000 people who have died of COVID-19. Right. Uh, and then you also look at the table that says 6% of those deaths only listed COVID-19 as the cause of death. There was no other 
um, underlying conditions listed on the death certificate along with COVID-19. Then that only comes to about 6% of cases. So we'll just say about 9,000. And so a lot of people have seized on that number and have said, oh, well, there you go. Only 9,000 people really died of COVID-19. The rest of this is just hashtag fake news. Let's, let's be a little bit more fair. Okay. Let's be a little bit more fair. So while it is true that only about 9,000 people, 6%, died exclusively of COVID-19, they were an otherwise healthy individual yeah. with no uh, pre-existing condition, medical condition, and then they got the virus, and then they died. Right. Um, but let's be a little bit more generous than that. So we're going we're gonna to go over to Twitter. This is from Alex Berenson. If you're not following Alex at Alex Berenson on Twitter, you should give him a follow. Uh, so he's an uh, investigative jor- journalist, a former reporter for the New York Times. And he has been all over the COVID data uh, since minute one. So he, he starts off here by saying a lot of the people are jumping on the CDC data of just 6% of U.S. COVID deaths list COVID alone as the cause. But to use that figure to claim COVID only killed 9,000 Americans, that, that's wrong. That's a bit of a stretch because there's other causes included. Uh, other causes include conditions like pneumonia, which can be, which can be COVID related. Yeah. So, so in order to kind of get down to the bottom of this, we're going to be, we're, we're going to break down the statistics a little bit. So first of all, for the people who died of COVID, who had comorbidities, who had pre-existing conditions, mm-hmm. people who died had on average 2.6 more conditions other than just having contracted COVID-19. Wow. 2.6. Yeah. That's, that's a significant number. Also, yeah. by the way, we're not, we're not really getting into to age range in this particular right. set of right. data, but it definitely is worth mentioning that the, that the average age of a COVID death is 82 years old, uh, which is okay. beyond the average life expectancy of about 78 in the United States. Go. So it's just worth mentioning that if you're talking about things from an age range, yes, if you are advanced age, then, then coronavirus is more serious of a condition to, right. to, to encounter. But if you're under 70, 75 years yeah. old, it's, it's, it's just so much less statistically likely to right. cause irreparable harm to you. Unless you've got like six conditions along. Unless you have yeah. multiple. So yes, you're right. So for pe- so the people who are at most risk of dying of COVID other than advanced age, elderly, uh-huh. are people that have two to three other serious medical conditions right. on top of then they contract the disease. Yes. They, they get the virus. Right. However... So Alex Berenson breaks it down. He says, so a better way to use the data would be to take out the other causes of death that are, that are so obviously unrelated to COVID or are such serious medical condi- conditions outside of COVID uh-huh. that you were at serious risk of death anyway. regardless of having caught right. COVID-19. So to say that they died because their kidney failed or because they had a heart attack yeah, I mean, you could have COVID and then have a heart attack, but yeah. it's really the heart attack yeah, that killed you. It. So he says, I'm going to include Alzheimer's, sepsis, uh-huh. dementia, cancer, and unintentional injury, as well as intentionally being suicide. Sure. He's going to include those as causes that that's what you died from, right. not COVID-19. Right. However, he's actually going to make this a conservative estimate. But what I'm saying is, is that in favor of COVID, uh-huh. of higher COVID-19 deaths, right. He leaves in 
kidney failure, diabetes, obesity, and strokes. Mm-hmm. Now, someone can die having had a stroke yeah. and that not be related to COVID-19. Right. But he's leaving those in. Okay. Same thing for obesity. You don't catch obesity. No. You don't go down the street and someone cough on you and you get a bad case of the obesity. <laughs> but he's going to leave obesity in, again, okay. just to be that conservative yeah. towards the numbers. Okay. As well as kidney failure and diabetes. Getting COVID-19 is not related to to catching a case of diabetes. But again, he's leaving those in just to be that fair to the doomers who talk about the severity of COVID-19. So with adjusting for all of those pre-existing conditions, it comes to about 50,000 death certificates. So if you list people who died exclusively of COVID-19, and then you also leave in people who died having had COVID-19, but also had kidney failure, diabetes, obesity, strokes, et cetera, comes to about 50,000. So ultimately what he's saying is, is that people who may have had a high likelihood of surviving their medical condition, Uh but their likelihood was of survival was drastically cut because they caught the virus. Right. Comes to about 50,000. Yeah. So that's more realistic number. It's a more realistic number. Yeah. And and Greg Carpenter, if he happens to catch this, he can fact check me on this. Now now I'm not saying that fifty thousand deaths is is something to just shrug off. Right. It's sad it that fifty thousand people have died and it and it be related to this virus. Right. But fifty thousand falls much more in line with other similar diseases. Exactly. 50,000 falls much more in line with a flu season. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember not just weeks or a few months ago, if you went online and you made the statement, well, this is just kind of like the flu. Right. Maybe it's a little bit worse than having the flu, but it's basically like having the flu where people who are vulnerable who get it are at more serious risk of mortality. But yeah. But a healthy person will get sick, but otherwise they'll be fine in a week or two, you know. And so, you know, it's basically like the flu. Because, hey, 50,000 people will die this flu season. Eh, it's about like the flu. Those people were shouted down. Those people were banned from social media platforms. Uh Those people were flagged and, and, and persecuted socially. That's right. Because all the doomers, all the people saying, oh, no. This is, this is the most dangerous thing in our lifetimes. It's nothing like the flu. This is way worse. Remember all the models, all yeah. the models of the millions and millions of people who would get sick and the hundreds of thousands, if nay, millions and millions of people who would die because of how serious this virus is, which by the way, that's what really spurred the lockdowns. Yeah. The economy was shut down and people were forced to muzzle themselves uh-huh. and stay at home and, and lose their jobs. All because of the potential. We're trying to save countless millions of people from this terrible disease. Turns out not so much. Nope. Turns out that you know what? Yeah, it's actually pretty close to like a regular flu season. It's really not yeah. that far off. It's no. it's right it's right in that spectrum. And yeah, if you fa- if you if you factor in if you if you account for the high risk to the elderly, but the, but the basically inconsequential risk to the young. Yeah. And when you factor in the risk for people that have two to three plus comorbidities, you know, like leukemia uh-huh. or COPD yeah, yeah, versus people who 
like, oh, I broke my leg. Yeah. If you if you're young and you break your leg, you'll survive the Rona. Probably not going to die from. Rona. If you're 92 and have pneumonia, yeah, you're in trouble. You are. But that was the case whether coronavirus even exists or not. Right. And so the point we're trying to make here, ladies and gentlemen, is that, because I know some people will say this. Some people will say, well, wait a minute, Alan. You're always against the government. You say you don't believe they're crock. So, but, but now you're using CDC data to try to make a point. Uh-huh. You're a hypocrite. No, what I'm trying to say is I don't believe their data. <laughs> I don't believe the data that's out there. No. Maybe it's worse. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's nowhere near as bad. Right. And I tend to think that's the case. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that I don't know, but, but the doomers do trust the government. Uh-huh. They do believe that their right. wise overlords have their best interests at heart and right. they will go by the data that government puts out. Yep. So I'm, by using their own data, uh-huh. I would say that at, at a, at the worst, the lockdowns and the mandate should have never happened. Right. At the very least, we must all come to a consensus that they should end now. Exactly. It's over. It's, it's time crazy. to move on. Yep. What else is there to say? What else there is to say, because I'd love to say this is the last time we'll talk about the Rona, is yeah. that I can't wait for six months, a year after all the Rona madness goes away. For all the lawsuits, or November fourth. <clears throat> for all the lawsuits, <laughs> for all the people suing each other, uh, for all the breaches of contract, uh, well, for all the all the landlords uh, fighting for all the evictions, uh-huh. for all the people trying to go back to work who can't, for all the jobs yep. that that were eliminated, for all the people that oh. file for bankruptcy protections, yep. for all the negative consequences associated with the reactions to the virus. I can't yep. stress this enough coronavirus didn't do this. Government's reaction did this. It did. It's so yep. important to make sure people understand the difference between those two statements. Yep. We're almost out of time, so we got to get ready for the finale. Yes, so we're going to go to our break. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Alan Mosley TV. 
You can follow me on Twitter, Twitter at Alan Mosley TV. You can get our whole library of content. Subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Alan Mosley TV. So easy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Alan Mosley TV. You know, the best thing about YouTube is you get to go all the way back to watch the very first episode. You? Is it still there? Yes, it is. Three years ago. And see how much we've grown. You can look You can look at a video from September 1st, 2017. That's right. In episode one. Absolutely. That's awesome. That was back when we had thousands of views per episode before yeah. YouTube throttled us, too. Yeah. 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 So if you've learned anything today, it's that if Glenn Close can be that handsome of a pirate, yep. then I can live my life free of worry from coronavirus. I like how you did that. That's logical. Too. It is. We we only we, look. We we beat people with logic and facts on this program. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like a wet mackerel. <sighs> like a what? Wet mackerel. You know when you hit someone with a wet mackerel fish, ah, it makes a splat sound. Must, that must be a that must be a South Florida thing. Probably just another one of my Blakeisms. Yeah. yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you next week.